Last week on Grand Designs. As you're wandering down one alley, you look over and you see on the back of this building a door. You can see this red painted bird. Porter is of age, and since Dawn's Reach has arrived and the Desalian Lottery will be taking place, he has decided he wishes to join the Endless War. So I want you to escort him if he can. Carl. Bonbon. Did you know that my dress is ugly? How do you people determine the goodness and quality of fashion? I don't understand. Hey, hey. (laughs) You want to go to the market? You want to go to a carnival? And you see a figure kind of zigzagging his way through the crowd, and then you notice in each hand he's carrying a dagger. Your lightning bolt comes out of the sky and hits him square on the top of the head. His head literally ruptures like a melon. Oh, we found this. And he holds out what appears to be a silver rope with little bells attached to it. You get about five blocks in and you hear what sounds like a muffled explosion from somewhere south of you. You go running down the street and eventually you find yourself standing in front of the sloppy bull. And you see, leaning against one wall, Ruinya. She's got burn marks all over her and she's holding two small charred bodies. Hello and welcome to the Rollmageddon Podcast, Grand Designs Campaign, episode number 25. We are a Pathfinder 2 campaign. We're sort of a horror campaign, I guess. And uh, I am Jason, I am the Game Master. And let's introduce our three players. Hello, I am Jordy, playing Beckus Brandywine, the human bard. I'm Ali, and I play Carl. Elf wizard. I am Molly, and I play Bon Bon, the snow goblin alchemist and her faithful companion, Grimlock. That was the tamest intro we've ever had. (laughs) Three weeks. Jordy's was so professional sounding (laughs) that I was like, okay, fine. And then I was the last to go, and I didn't want to be the only one sounding like a fucking weirdo. So I decided to just, you know, we're going fancy. Three weeks of not recording is... (laughs) We're all so happy to be together. It's all a strange place. <laughs> even, <laughs> even if it's under really sad circumstances of people's favorite apprentice getting murdered. Speaking of which, so last time, let's see here. You all uh, were helping 11th Hour hunt down some stuff, hunt down some bad guys, look for coins. Bon Bon was busy working with Weston and subsequently had a mental crisis about the integrity of her dress. And y'all took uh, one of Bonnie's kids out to the market to join up with the Desalian Guard, or whatever they're called. I don't have it written down right now. An assassin tried to kill Carl. Some very bad dice rolls prevented the assassin from killing Carl. He killed the assassin. He stole his goods. Well, he was dead. It's not stealing if he was dead. That depends. Have you tried using a speak with dead spell to ask if you can have his stuff or not? Um. Well... Um, I, I said you could have it if you want to go ahead and grab it. And um, if you don't grab it, um, that means that you're saying I can have it. <laughs> and I was talking to his corpse. So technically I was speaking with the dead and he didn't move. So uh, it's mine now. Not even, don't even know what you just said. <laughs> I do. I followed it. Okay. I it's totally not. checked. It's, it's like recess logic, but it makes sense. Listen, listen. I said, <laughs> if you don't want me to take all the stuff off of your corpse, then 
don't be a unmoving corpse anymore. <laughs> and they stayed an unmoving corpse, so I took their stuff. That's just the way the world works. <laughs> All right, let's get some hero points out there. Now, somebody had some overflow. I did. I guess I should mention that you, after the end of the last game, you came back to the sloppy bowl to find that something had happened, some sort of something exploded and torched the place and killed almost everyone there. Including... The woman who makes our food and her two children. No, I mean the woman's the husband of the woman that makes our food and her two children. That's where Bonbon's at. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to get any more food. <laughs> yeah, Bonbon's con- concerned. She really likes the soup at the sloppy bowl. <laughs> All right, so one, one, one. Now, who had extra? One of y'all had two extra, and one of you had one extra. I had two. I had okay. one. One for Bonbon, two for Abekis. And let's begin. You've just entered the sloppy bowl to find a tragic scene. As you walk in, you notice that the entire north side of the building is covered with scorch marks, the walls, floor, ceiling. Several small fires burn behind the bar, the results of probably alcohol catching on fire. There are three bodies that you have to step over near the door, all kind of twisted and splayed out, as you did one of you kicked a small bell across the floor. There's another larger body sprawled halfway behind the bar. A dozen or so bodies scorched and dead at the tables. Look like they're just patrons who got caught in whatever blast happened here. You see a cluster of people, eight of them, at the southern end of the building who appear to have been out of the range of the blast, who are just standing there in shock and kind of backed up against the wall. And you see, huddled against the wall opposite you, crouched two small charred bodies in her arms. Brynja, she's burnt. Most of her hair is gone. Uh, her clothes have been mostly burnt off of her. And she's just sitting there, kind of looking very much in shock as she clutches these two small bodies, which she then sort of identified by one silver, ugly-ass bracelet on one of the wrists as Ani, and the other one most likely Ewan. So you're all there. What would you like to do? I pull out my medical tools and begin my way over to Bruinia. Okay. You head over towards Bruinia with your medical kit. Um, I'll, I'll rush over to my, my apprentice, um, Aniwe's body. Okay. And Bon Bon. I imagine I would follow suit with Beckus and um, head over there with my healing stuff and just try to help in whatever way I can. Okay, so you approach, all three of you approach Brynja. She doesn't even really seem to notice you're there. Uh, you're going to have a real hard time using your medical kits uh, when she's kind of like huddled up the way she is with the with the bodies of the children. I'm going to reach out and uh, put my hands on her and use my healer's gloves. Okay, you activate your healer's gloves. Some of her wounds manage to um, recover. Uh, she's She's holding both of the children. Yes. I'll look down at her and I'll, I'll say, uh, Brynja, I'm, I'm so sorry. We'll, we'll do everything we can. I would like to ask her what happened. She doesn't really seem to be reacting very well. She kind of doesn't seem to notice you're there as you're talking to her at first. And then she looks up and, oh, I, Bon Bon, um, I, d- I didn't tell any, I didn't, I didn't tell them anything. I'm, I'm not, not going to betray anyone. Tell who any anything. The the, the gestures. Uh, they, 
they were supposed to be gone for good, but but there were some. The, they... the jesters did this. Are you the, certain? The, the just I didn't tell them anything. They just they just they wanted they wanted to know where they were asking about Carl and the rest of you, and I didn't I, I didn't tell them anything. I didn't tell them anything. Brynja, um we're we're gonna we're gonna take care of this. Um, I I can't. It's oh, fine. it's fine. It's fine. I mean, she looks around. Just a uh, a few scorch marks. I mean, we we can get it up and and running in no time. And you know, once the kids are better, then we'll uh, we'll just uh, you know things will be back to normal. Would it be possible for me to inject her with a serene mutagen to calm her down? Uh, you could try to convince her to drink it. Okay. Uh, I mean, I just don't know if it has that ability. Like, but I mean, I, logically, it seems like it, it, it adds like. Apologies for those listening. If you hear lots of noises, there are some people in the next room playing games. I think they're rolling twenty-sided dice as well. Uh, what does it do? It uh, gives you like a bonus to will saves. I'm um, looking right now. I mean, we could say it's a serene mutagen. We could say effectively that it will have a calming effect. Okay. Um, I'd like to pull a serene mutagen out of the bag of holding and offer it to her. Um, and I would say, Berenia, drink this. It's it's important. Everything's going to be okay. I just need you to drink this for me. Make a diplomacy check. 19. Oh, oh th- thank you. She reaches up and takes it and drinks it. So, hey, so I'm a little thirsty. Feeling a little dehydrated today. Berenia, let's get you outside and let's try to get these fires out. You're not safe right now. Oh, Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure I'll be fine. I'll be fine. But she stands up. She's still clutching the bodies as she like makes her way to her feet and begins to shuffle towards the door. Brynja, why don't why don't um, why don't you set the bodies here? I'll I'll dress them until we can get them healed. She looks a bit confused at your request. Sure, sure. You can take care of the children for now. And she just kind of sets them down like they're going to sort of stand up on their own feet. As she sets them down, you notice the some of their charred flesh kind of peels away and sticks to her arm as they because their bodies are still sort of roasted and fresh. And she tries to set them on their feet and they just sort of collapse to the ground in a heap. And she doesn't seem to notice but then just starts making her way towards the door. You also realize that like most of her clothes are burnt away as well, so... I pull off my coat and throw it over her. Okay. Oh, thanks. It's a very nice coat. I'm going to walk towards the back of the bar and look for a bucket. All right. You walk into the back of the bar. You do find a bucket. I fill it with water, wherever it might be. I have to go into the alley and scoop it out of a well. Okay. So you set to what? Putting out the yep. smaller fires? All right. Um, I'm going to look, look around for someone that looks like they might be able to carry a message. Well, you see the eight people that are sort of huddled, still huddled at the other end of the sloppy bowl, and they're just watching everything, looking kind of in shock. Um, I'm going to walk over to them. All right. You approach them. Um, they look up at you. Ex- excuse me. Um, I, I, uh, is any of you in good enough shape to uh, carry a message for me? It's kind of important. Uh, one of them steps forward. Y- yeah, you uh of course. I don't know what happened here, but I, I, I help out in any way I can. Um, 
please um, go to the chipped bone. It's an inn. Um, um, I know where it is. Um, we're looking for a man named Dwervin. Um, just, just tell him what happened here. I, I will. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go get Dwervin now. Thank you. He scurries out of the place. Did Did any of you see what, exactly what happened here? Most of them kind of shake their heads, and they're like, uh, when the gestures come in, you just keep your head down and hope they don't notice you. I thought they were supposed to be gone. Weren't they supposed to be gone? I heard they all got murdered by those demon children that live in the sewers. Um, I mean, it, it would appear that not all of them are gone, but um, why now and why here is the real know. question. Um, you, you, didn't, you didn't hear anything. You didn't see anybody. You said you kept your head down when the jesters came in, so you saw jesters, or... Well, yeah, they came in, and, and they started arguing with Brynja, and she started arguing back, and then her husband come out, and they just, and then there was just, it was just got really hot all of a sudden, and then we looked up, and everything was burnt. One of the workers steps forward, uh, appears to be a man in his 50s, there were three of them, in all. They just came in and started throwing their weight around, you know. They didn't draw their weapons, just being like thugs. And uh, Renya stepped up to him, you know, being her, she's strong-headed. And they kept asking where the elf was. I assume you're meaning you. Where your friends were at and that. And, and uh, said that if she told them where y'all were, that uh, she le- they would leave her in peace. And she refused. They started making threats about her family and her kids. And uh, she uh, just started getting right up in their faces after that and threatened them back. And and then the, then the kids run up, and they look like they're about to start fighting too. And uh, then all of a sudden, it just, it was just I, was, I was watching this, all this happening, and then there was just fire everywhere. But it was just fire for like like a second. It was here, and then it, then it was gone, and then everybody was... Everybody was burnt and dead. Thank you. That's um, that's what we need. What we needed to know. Um, I, I I assume all of you are uninjured. Uh, yeah, we were out of the whatever blew up. We were we weren't close enough for it to hit us. Well, I, I would suggest keeping your head down. Um, I don't know um, why exactly they're after me, but um, I I'm scared that others may be put at risk. Hey, Bon Bon. Oh, I was just saying while they're while they're having this conversation, I, I guess I would like to start doing whatever is necessary to help try to put out the remaining fires. Okay, uh, Beck is hard at work right now. Okay, dumping buckets of well water onto the fires. There's okay. only a few I'd, of them. I'd like to join in. Okay, so you're putting that out. As you're doing all this, Grimlock sort of wanders over to the bodies of the kids, and he kind of pulls out one of the healing potions and is like. Kind of offering it to them. Grimlock, no. <laughs> and he looks over at you, kind of confused. I go over to Grimlock and I gather his precious self in my arms and I just sort of pet him and uh, I explain to him, you know, that a, a potion isn't enough to heal these children. But thank you, Grimlock. He pulls out two potions. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> no, it's okay. I take the potions and I, I 
put them in my bag and I, I hug him really close, probably in a way that I actually have never hugged him before, like just trying to just, I hug him and I uh, explain to him that I, I go a ways back toward where we were putting out the fires so that I'm as far away from other people as possible and I explain to Grimlock that the children are dead, which means that we can't we can't just heal them back to life, you know, that they're they're gone for a while, forever. Right. He looks slightly confused and sad. I nuzzle him. Okay. <laughs> Beckus, you have finished putting out the fires. I'm going to see if anyone needs medical aid in the immediate vicinity now. Uh, those who were hit by the blast all appear to be dead. The blast must have been fairly powerful. Uh, the ones who are not dead uh, appear to have been out of the radius of blasting completely and have, have no injuries other than a few scrapes from where they sort of fell out of their chairs kind of a thing. When I read auras, is that like... Yes, that wouldn't really help me. I'm trying to figure out where they might be and if I'm trying to glean on a bell? Yeah, well, nope, nope, as far nope. as you know, the bell doesn't isn't magical. You haven't really tested it out. I will pick up the bell and proceed to cast my cantrip, read aura. Okay, the bell has no discernible magic aura. just appears to be a normal bell, slightly scorched. I cast Guidance. Okay. On myself, and I would like to do a perception check of the area to see if there is any other clues. All right. Any specific area you'd like to concentrate on? Center of the blast, I suppose. Make your perception check. 19. All right. 20 with the plus one. So this takes uh, several minutes, by the way, as you're making these investigations. As you're examining the scorch marks, you notice that there's one spot right at the center of the blast. The, the blast itself has sort of a, an outward effect that's kind of obvious, like a radiant um, pattern of destruction. Right at the center of the blast, you can see the floor is untouched. The area that's untouched are the perfect outline of two feet, which appear to have been standing pretty much at the center of the blast. Uh, it seems from what you uh, seen so far, this is most likely where Brenya was standing. The way the patterns are radiating and the fact that the clean area underneath her feet is so solid suggests that she made no attempt to get out of the way, as if she didn't know it was what was coming. I'd also like you to make uh, either an athletics or an intimidation roll to recall knowledge. I'm getting creative with the recall knowledges now. Athletics or intimidation. <laughs> Twenty. Twenty is not enough for that one. However, you can also make an either an arcane or primal roll to recall knowledge. What's primal? Or nature? Sorry. Oh. Nature. Primal. Primal. Primal is the type of magic. Nature is the type of roll. Sorry, I wrote it down wrong. They should have made them both. Okay, the same. I got it. It was dragons. <laughs> It was dragons. And I believe dragons. I just heard a hero dragons being spent there. Dragons. Mm, not that probably going to do it. 15. All right. You gain no further information from examining the scorch marks. What if I, what if I use my um, 
forensic acumen to examine her husband's body and see if there's anything. Well, you can use a medicine check to examine uh, his body. Well, I have forensic acumen. So forensic uh, acumen, forensic allows, acumen me... allows you to do like a follow-up role is what it is. So you find even deeper amounts of information. That's the way it works, remember? So you do an examination on something. I know and if bon you're bon. successful, then you can immediately make a follow-up to basically get even more detailed information. I notice Bon Bon beginning to focus on something, so I cast guidance upon her as well. I would like to examine Bruenya's husband's body to see if there is any indication of anything other than just like an explosion of what might have happened. All right. Um, I'm going to have you make a perception check. Do I need to ma- also make a medicine check? Uh, no, no need for a medicine check. It's cause, cause of death is pretty obvious. Right, right, okay. You'll also get a plus one. 20? Uh, okay. 21. All right, and then you can also make an either an athletics or an acrobatics check for recall knowledge. I know these sound weird, but they make sense. Can you explain it to me? Because I don't understand what athletics is. If have you to do succeed, I'll explain it to you otherwise. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how these three got away from this explosion, even though that they were like right there next to Bruin. Yeah. Okay, well, I guess I'm going to do acrobatics then. Uh, we 26. Okay. So the perception check, you can tell um, her husband, Yadero, is he's dressed in his cook's outfit. Looks like he uh, was in the kitchen at the time. And the kitchen door is half open. Uh, you also see a butcher's knife nearby. So he was carrying a knife with him. Now, the acrobatics check that you made is you can determine by the body's positioning that he was in the middle of rushing forward when the blast hit. Like he was running towards Brunia's, Brunia's position. Okay. Okay. So athletics or acrobatics. Because so, you can just see by the way the body is and your knowledge of... I don't know. I'm playing with something. Go with it. I didn't want to make everything a damn perception check. <laughs> okay. Is that all I'm able to determine from my initial uh, You can do a forensic acumen follow-up? I would like to. Okay. okay. And that's medicine, right? Um, I, think it, I think that's what it said. Yeah, go ahead and do medicine. Okay. I, think, I think it can be any recall knowledge, but... 22. Okay. Upon further examination of the body... You see that it's much he- much more heavily scorched on the front of the body than it does on the back, indicating that he was facing directly toward the blast when it hit and just happened to uh, his momentum from movement was such that it carried him forward onto his face rather than blowing him back like it did with uh, the three bodies that are nearest the door, for example. So you do that for several minutes. Uh, uh, Carl, uh, what would you like to do while they're examining all these things? Um, can we determine that, was it a, a magical blast? Can I determine that using some sort of... Um, you can make an arcane or a nature check. Uh, 20. 20? Wait, is that arcana? Arcana? Yeah, sure. 20. Whichever one it is in this version. 20! <laughs> oh, uh, I got a 20. That. A 20. The pattern of the scorch marks seem to suggest that it was an instantaneous burst of flame that was hot enough to char but not hot enough to light things on fire, which is indicative of your classic fireball spell. Okay. Um, So it's obvious that it was a fireball. It was most likely a fireball, or potentially some other spell that has a very similar effect. Okay. I'd like to rejoin Bonbon and Beckus. So you all finish 
examining your respective areas. Uh, at this time, through the uh, sloppy bowls doors, walks familiar face, Dwarven, being flanked by a few guards. You know, obviously his sort of like personal little squad. And he comes strolling in and just like slowly looks around the room. And you see off to one side is Andra, and he turns to Andra and whispers something to him. And Andra immediately turns and goes back outside. And you see him approach where Bruinia is, who's wandered outside and has just been kind of standing there. And he kind of walks up to her and is like putting his arm around her shoulder and like speaking to her. You can't hear because they're so far away. Dwervin walks in and he looks down at the bodies nearest the door. Takes one foot kind of turns one of the bodies over and you can see the body is scorched but there's some areas where it's not you can see a few bells attached to one of the belts jesters are back hey i hadn't heard anything about this from any of my informants he glances across across at the three of you i don't suppose you've heard anything about this have you Seems as if there's a loose end with uh, Tink, if you do not remember her from the organization, but we do. There were many of them with many odd names. None of them particularly stick out. Well, we recently just thwarted an assassination attempt on here, Carl, so... Um, question, uh, Dwarven. Um, how, How many jesters made it out on the Bloody Night... Oh, I'd say most of them left, or left immediately after. They weren't a small group of men. There were hundreds of them. And the uh, reprisal from the children may have killed many dozen of them, but most of them left out of fear, realizing that their power had, had been taken from them. They all just moved on. So there's likely a large group of them that has gotten back together then. It's not just a group of Say two or three, there are many, many, many of them still out there. It's possible. I'm sure some of them clung together, but usually when these sorts of things happen, those who can manage to make it outside the walls go off for greener pastures. They don't like to stick stick around and risk being uh, butchered by those who have old vendettas. Well, my uh, apprentice um, and... Um, the the children of Abronia they were they were among the victims. Um, I can see that. Um, wh- what do you what do you intend to do? We're going to first of all we're going to try to find out who did this. He glances around. And he gets a sort of puzzled expression on his face. The jesters weren't really known for their love of magic or sorcery, so I'm guessing that whoever did this was an outside hire. This looks, uh, first glance, like some sort of sorcerer's effect to me. Um, it's uh, clear, clearly a, a fireball or some something of that nature. Mm. Um, the um, dead jester here tells me that they're none too worried about their individual members' lives. Either that or the, whoever they hired to do this uh, is a bit of a loose cannon. Decided that taking them out was worth taking out. The sloppy bull, for whatever reason, I can't really think of why they would target this in particular, unless they were may have had a grudge with the eleventh hour. They know that we sponsor this place. Um, is there? Still have that note, Carl. 
Yes, uh, I'll produce the note for um, uh, Dwevin to look at. He examines the note, hands it back to you. So they're after you. But then why send an assassin to you in the market? Or after you in the market? And then attack this place when you're at the market? Well, it just it makes no sense. Um, I, if, if one were to hire a, an arcane um, a, assassin to come here and blow up uh, an inn when they very well could have just finished me in the market without any sort of um, reprisal. Uh, it, it's, it's strange. Why, why do that? I don't know. It seems not necessarily too incompetent of a plan for the jesters. They weren't known for being the brightest, but it seems almost too complicated for them. Whatever they decided they were doing here. Uh, this this tink. Do you know anything? Um, no. Have you've heard nothing since? I knew the lieutenants and those are the higher ups, ones I had to negotiate with on a regular basis. But they're grunts and thugs. I didn't know their names. Uh, how how long did it take the jesters when they initially established control to take control of an area? The Jesters have been around for hundreds of years. They were here since the walls went up, first forming the East Block, smaller gang, and just maintained their power for a very long time. So it's it's quite it's quite likely that um, they they never went away then, and have simply grown and shrunk over the years. In a sense, yes. The uh, East Block used to be a lot more violent than it is right now, and the Jesters were part of that. We. Organizations before me, and particularly the 11th hour, we started to make this place a little more habitable for common folk, rather than just being a bastion for hardened criminals. Um, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to be tracking down some leads. Um, I, I would... I'll have my men look into whatever they can and find out how these three got in here. I would um, like to volunteer myself in any way you need. Um, I... We will, of course, be looking for clues of our own, but um, should you hear anything, um, I would be most obliged if you would share with us. Of course. Just keep me informed on whatever you happen to figure well, out. I do feel like noting, Dwarven, that this individual Tink was part of the group of where we initially got into that scuffle with the Jesters, but this was also the first time that we encountered one of those strange coins. Is there a connection, perhaps? Well, she was half elf, right? Or was she elven? I think she was I half elf. I think she's half elf, yeah. It's mm. been a while. Could just be a personal vendetta thing. I mean, you did slit a friend's throats in the street. I feel like this is overkill for a personal vendetta. Personal vendettas can get a lot worse than this, believe me. You, you've seen light. I've seen much darker things. I guess I, I just suspect that if if this really is personal and it does go all the way back to our very first encounter with the Jesters, then that man who died must have been much more important to Tink than we could have realized. In a gang, sometimes you form, form personal attachments to people, and when they die, you get a little upset about it. You start taking it out on everyone. The other possibility is if this person you killed and took the coin from originally... He had a coin. It's possible that Tink had one, too. If that's the case, then we've got a whole different sort of problem in our hands. 
if she's become corrupted by this coin, then why bring the other justice into it? Unless, I don't know, we've seen so many incarnations of these things. I guess it's possible there's one that actually understands strategy and using other people rather than just the faceless beasts we've been cutting down in the streets. Wouldn't the coin have to have been ingested by her to affect her that way, though? I mean, we know that it has an influence on anyone who's in possession of it, but Beckus was in possession of the coin for a long time, and he never became murderous. Um, he, he did charm me into being very helpful to him, though, briefly. <laughs> that is true. But, I mean, at no point did were either of us afraid for our lives. He was just very protective of the coin. It uh, just seems like... I, I wonder if the protection of the coin would have gradually morphed into something else entirely. But Varinia didn't try to take the coin away from Tink. Perhaps Tink's possession or not possession of a coin is unrelated to the vendetta. Um, or maybe just the negative influence of... Or, or perhaps the if Tink is being influenced by a coin and Giligama is being uh, carrying many coins and uh, actively trying to create them. Um, it's it's possible that they're perhaps working in concert and um, maybe um, the Giligama actually knows more about us than we think and yeah. I think the, the only connection is the coin. But Yeah, I don't know. We have to do something though. We have to make this up to Bruinia. We just, we just um, they've destroyed her, her life. Because yes. of us. Um, speaking of um, uh, Kiligama, uh, Dwervin, and then I'd like to unload all of the il- information. Wait, does he already know? I would assume that during the downtime <clears throat> previously, okay, you would have like explained the details of what happened, or as much okay. as you'd like to explain to him. Um, so, uh, D- Dwervin, um, uh, do, do you know of any, any priests that might be able to um, help with some r- resurrection? Resurrection. Or perhaps... Um... Resurrection? <laughs> no, what's this? Gentle Reincarnation? Repose. What's the spell called? It's not resurrection. It's a resurrection ritual, yeah. Oh, it's, it's actually called Well, there's a raised dead spell that has to be cast like quick. See, raised dead sounds a lot more evil than resurrection, so I would not use that phrase. Dwevin, suppose I wanted to um, get my uh, apprentice brought back um, because I, I simply can't stand the thought of um, uh, n- not having an apprentice to assist me around the shop. Um, do, oh, do very you, noble of you. Um, <laughs> uh, absolutely. Um, it's, uh, that's exactly why I would um, resurrect her immediately um, if you knew somebody that may be able to provide that service. I, I need to uh, locate someone that would do this. I, I don't suppose you know anyone that would do something like this? Well, resurrection's a complicated business. You have to find someone who's powerful enough, and you're going to need to find someone whose god or goddess is willing. It, it can be quite fickle. You're trained in religion, aren't you, Carl? Um, why oh yeah. You, why do don't I... you make a religion roll to find out what sorts of information you would already know? So, suddenly, I, I feel like I actually know something about religion. Isn't that? <laughs> oh fuck! Wouldn't it be Yana? What'd you get? Uh, uh... <laughs> you throw away your your point there. Twenty four. Twenty four. Pretty sure it'd be Yana. I hope so. <laughs> 
Not high keys. Those guys are assholes. All right. The DC is 20. So a few things about raising the dead. This is for my players as well for the people at home because it's not just something you go down to your local stop and shop and pick up a raise dead ritual. It is a complicated process. Sometimes has very bad results if it's not done right. I, if you critically fail, your body comes back with like you know a demon possession or something terrible like that. A very skilled caster is needed. I believe the minimum level is nine. Uh, the caster does not have to be a priest, though. That is one thing. You can be anybody who knows how to cast a ritual. They do, however, have to be devout to the god they're petitioning to return the soul to the body. So you can't just find someone who's a high-level sorcerer and be like, Yeah, I can resurrect. Hey, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and they sound like that, too. I think it broke, Molly. <laughs> Of oh. Is it common for sorcerers in your world to sound like Benny Barberino? Yes. Okay. Actually. You're gonna run into a lot of them. <laughs> hey, I got these rituals for you. Hey, what well, I'm making what magic here? <laughs> <laughs> hey. Also, uh, point number two: most gods do not appreciate when the living try to rob them of the souls of their followers. Some are just jealous or greedy. You know, evil gods, gods of chaos, whatever. Uh, but others, such as Yana, see bringing people back from the dead as an affront to the natural order of life and death. Those who are brought back usually need to be connected to the god's goals in some important way. If they die in the service of the god, but have more potential to achieve the god's goals while they're still alive, then it's possible to petition that god to bring them back. So if you are a servant of Yana, and you were in the middle of tracking down some evil lich to put him to rest, and you died, Yana could be like, now it's important that he continues his journey to fight this lich, so I'm going to allow his soul to return. There are, however, some gods who are less finicky. Trickster gods, god, chaotic gods, um, think it's hilarious to bring people back and rob other gods of their, of their souls or whatever. Gods that generally don't follow the same sort of codes of honor. Uh, there are also evil gods who will accept things such as human sacrifices in return for their services. Although that's, I'm just going to say it's probably a bad idea. Let's talk to my sexy bee god. <laughs> let's just, let's, 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 let's back, let's back burner this sure evil human sacrifice it. god just in case. <laughs> <laughs> just, 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 let's put a pin in that one <laughs> just in case some of these other options don't work. You guys have just had a really good idea though. We could take her to Weston. That's another interesting idea. Um, I don't think so. Uh, Why? He does this kind of thing all the time. He brings things back to life. They usually try to kill you and or disintegrate. But I mean, like, he has big ideas. Are they or are they not able to whittle? <laughs> uh, because, you know. I... We've never ran that specific motor function test. We've never been like, here. Whittle. Well, then I just can't risk it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He has an apprentice to think about. That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) I say we speak to Barunia and see what she wants to do. And if that's the case, we can put them in a gentle repose with the Temple of Yana until we figure out what to do. I can't imagine Barunia would say anything other than that she wants them back. I spoke to Barunia coming in here. She's not really in a state to be talking about anything. No, she She isn't. She still thinks her family's alive. She keeps insisting that they're all going to start fixing the sloppy bowl tomorrow, and I've had Andra take her to a safe house. We'll have people there, guards. My code! 
Just kidding. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I I personally and feel the when when she's a little more coherent, we can speak to her. Yeah, but I don't think when we do that we should ask her whether or not we should resurrect one of her children. I think we should either just do it or not do it, but don't tell her or ask her. Because if we ask her, she's going to say, yes, bring the child back. And if we try to and it doesn't work or if the child comes back wrong or different, it's just going to hurt her more. Plus, what's the difference in having her bring back one child when she's still missing her husband and her other child? Yeah. Well, I'm not saying we don't bring back those those two eventually, but um, uh, just how just... often do you just resurrect people? You you speak of this as if it's just something as simple as taking a bath. What? Well, listen, listen, <laughs> listen. I really like my apprentice. <laughs> it is one of the first people in like 200 years outside of you guys, of course, that I genuinely, truly cared about. I guess I just feel that it's unfair. Well, um, unfortunately, um, the world is unfair, and its unfairness is often determined by us. Um, And in this case, um, it's going to stay unfair. You all seem a little torn apart about this decision. I'm going to have the bodies taken to Lucretia, the Temple of Yana, We'll put them into, there's some magical preservation that can be done. We'll hold the bodies there while you make up your mind. If you decide you want to try to find someone who can resurrect them, it would be beneficial to bring you. Uh, if you decide that's not your path, then we'll send them on a proper sky burial, like as per the Bakwathan ritual. For now, I have some people to talk to and some things to take care of, unless you have any more questions for me. No, thank you for coming down, Dwarven. Of course, I heard that there was a problem, so I came quickly. Thank you, Dwarven. Good luck. Let me know if you find out anything. (sighs) He turns and leaves. A few of the 11th hour um, guards that he came with sort of station themselves out front of the sloppy ball and look like they're going to be there all night. So do we... Do we do we resurrect all three of them? I don't think I'm the goblin to ask about that, Carl. I personally feel that when something is dead, it should stay dead, unless, of course, you're researching it for science to better understand death. But to choose one child to bring back to the mother instead of the, you know instead of both, it just it seems strange. It seems like a violation of nature. Well, I was considering just um, keeping the child and um, uh, helping to to raise her, uh, adopting her, uh, one might say. Um, obviously, her, her mother could be in, involved in her life, but um, I've, I've grown quite quite fond of my apprentice, and I. So you're going to resurrect the recently dead child of a friend, and. Adopt that child against the friend's will and allow them what visitation rights to it? No, no, no. Um, I, I, I simply um, mean to resurrect uh, my a- apprentice and temporarily act as a father figure while we raise the funds to resurrect her actual father and sister. I, I find myself not wanting to wait to bring back my apprentice. Um, I, maybe I'm being rash. You think? Beckus, surely you have some opinion here that might help 
Even at this point, um, even Rufus is kind of giving you a sideways glance. <laughs> fine, 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 fine. No, I feel like I, this is the decision of brewing you. Would I like to see those children run through here and be joyful and happy again? Yes. Would I like to see that all be happy again? Yes. But that's not our decision necessarily. No, and I, I recognize that, and uh, as such, will wait until we've spoken with her and she's made her decision. I just feel like, I mean, I feel like the the concept of resurrection for the purpose of, you know, undoing death, while fascinating, and again, wholly approved of for the purposes of research, seems a little strange to me anyway, but you're playing favorites. Are you going to tell me, you would absolutely, if Beckus and I both died, you would pay the money to resurrect him and you would leave me dead, would you not? What? That's exactly what you would do, wouldn't you? What? Because he's your favorite. You like him more than what, me. What is, so he could stay dead and I, I could stay dead and he would come back to bon, life. Bon you are my absolute favorite goblin that in is, all of the world. And I'm the only goblin you know. I've known hundreds of goblins. There aren't hundreds of goblins. <laughs> Not snow goblins, unfortunately, no. But there are many, many of your cousins around. Thousands and thousands of snow goblins. Not anywhere he's been. No. no, no. <laughs> oh, well, maybe in a very, very long time ago. Um, I'm just, no, I, 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 I feel this speaks highly, strongly of specific aspects of your character, Carl, that I find... A little off-putting. Bon Bon, it's not, it's not that I um, believe that death should be denied. It's that the death of the innocent family, um, the, the two little children and the, the father, it's, it's going to scar the East Block, and it's going to be our, our fault. Uh, my fault, mostly. I can't stop you. I'm three feet tall. You do whatever you want. I just, I'll have no part in choosing one child over the other. If you want to resurrect, what's her name? Aniwe. She she made you that that little figure that you like. Yes, it's right here. I point to my head. Um, it's in my hair somewhere. <laughs> bon Bon, I I want to, I want to resurrect all three, but um, un- unfortunately, um. None of those corpses came with any money. I feel like... I had just taken a drink! Carl just turned himself a hero point by breaking Molly. That was great. I'm really proud of you. (laughs) I just listened to that. I was like, I'm going to work at it. It's supposed um, to be a serious episode. I'm guys. sorry. <laughs> Alright, well um, Bon Bon throws up her arms. Bon 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 Bon. It's up to you. Bon Bon um, I, I would will... like to find out who did this, and I would like to pay them back. I agree the best way to honor their memory is to track them down and Yes, and to avenge their deaths. Oh or I Or to take their corpses to Weston for science. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend I didn't hear that. I feel like um, even Grimlock is disagreeing with that. <laughs> He's giving you the sideways look that Rufus, Rufus and him both give you the sideways look. <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to do here at the Sloppy Bowl, or what's the next course of action? I should say. Um, All the rest of the survivors have cleared out. Place is empty. There's still a lot of people kind of milling about in the streets, being like, "What's what happened? What happened?" Um, I'm thinking of the seediest club or bar that I could go to to find some information. 
I would like to take 10 gold and put it in a little bag and set it somewhere behind the bar where only Brunia, you know, will find it. Like, I want to I wanna help with the expenses of repairing, so I take 10 gold from my own personal fund. and Okay. Maybe I put it in Brunia's hand. I don't know. She's gone. She's she, she was house, escorted so. off by Andre. Does she have, like, a... Is there a safe place somewhere in the bar that where it's not going to get like looted? There is a like a small lockbox behind the bar. It looks like it's mostly just for throwing the coppers into. There's no actual lock on it. A soup kitchen is not a really high priority target for you know yeah. for robbers. Plus, and Dwarven is gone, or is he still? Dwarven in the left. He left behind there. a couple of guards. All right, I'll hold on to my money. But I want to please remind me that I want to give money to Bruinia because I don't want to forget that. I really want to help in that way. Okay. <sighs> yeah. No, I want to find the people who did this. But you are you are, you are opposed to resurrecting them at all? I'm opposed to doing it against Bruinia's will. Uh, under, understandable. I don't know much about the Ishchin burial rituals and such, huh. but. The, the Bakwathan burial, burial. It's a sky burial, so you basically sit them on a pyre and light the whole thing up. I honestly Whoa. have no idea how I feel about it. I know that I'm not 100% comfortable with it, but I also really did enjoy that child and her brother. They were funny, and they liked me. She also liked my dress. She's like one of the only ones. So I think she told me that it might have been the prettiest dress. She'd ever seen. You know, I can tell when you're lying, Carl. Um, <laughs> you do this thing with your eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what sort of thing do I do with my eyebrows? Uh, I make an, I impersonate Carl, and my eyebrows, which are like four times bigger than his, look really weird when I'm doing it, but it's like this. Make like, a performance check? Oh, all right. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever for done shits that. Shits and giggles. Okay. I inspire courage. Oh, yay. <laughs> I don't think uh, it's. You may inspire competence. Oh Jesus! I don't have a. I only have a plus one to performance. So natural twenty. <laughs> <laughs> Beckus, you're taken aback with the precision and accuracy that you don't even think you could have done as well to impersonate Carl's eyebrow movements. Well, fine, Bob Bon. She feel inspired by her acting ability. <laughs> she never saw it, but I, I think she liked it. Or would have. Was it such a good performance that Carl is so charmed by it that he's not mad at me for calling him out for lying about what what she said? Anyway, said. Oh, I don't. I don't think Carl was that, mad. That, that's okay. up to Carl. Okay. Carl. Carl. Carl was lying. Like, his <laughs> 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 like, like, you call you call him out on his lie. He's not. He's not upset. He's actually. He's actually impressed that uh, Bonbon caught it because Bonbon's learning. Bonbon. Bon, yeah. Oftentimes, little stuff slips by Bonbon, and um, yeah. I think I think it's probably like a running joke to like make up like little like slight untruths. <laughs> Just like uh, when when she's learning to curse. <laughs> so what's the next step? Uh, Beckus, you're going to go investigate. You're going to go question people. I think I'd like to just go do that too. Not the same place, actually, but I'd like to go start asking so around. And effectively start doing gather information? Yes. All right. And Carl? Um, I would like to go to the Temple of Yana. Okay. So this is going to take, uh, the gathering information thing takes several hours to do. So I would like Beckus and Bonbon, go ahead and make your, I believe it's society checks. 
28. Nice. Man, I've been rolling really well with this these dice that Jordy bought me. Thank you. <laughs> Damn you and your Christmas dice. <laughs> 20. All right. That's a natural 20. Yay. Oh, a natural 20. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. You know why? Because we're not in combat. 21. <laughs> yeah. My nat 20. Yeah. So it's how much total? 21. It's I don't have any society. You only have plus one society? I have plus 11 society. How do I have more society than you? Because I have deception and diplomacy, which I can use in lieu of society. Oh, okay. Generally. Yeah, I never remember gather information as well. In either case, you both rolled really miraculously, so let's just worry about it later. Um, So you start going out, kind of scouring through the bars, trying to find leads... Uh, what exactly are you looking for as far as your leads go? Beckus? I'm asking around about a really hoity-toity, angry half-elf who may or may not be looking to hire mercenaries and or assassins. Now, are you just scouring the East Block or outside the East Block? Mm, however close I am to like exiting in and out, but if it's a seedier bar, odds are it's inside of the East Block, isn't it? Yeah, but you also know that um, Tink coming in to the East Block and actually trying to petition people, if somebody recognized her as a jester, could be a problem. Mm, I suppose I could ask, uh, well, I didn't necessarily say she was a jester, just a really angry half-elf yeah. woman who was hiring mercenaries, so... Okay. Uh, or assassins. I guess I could ask some guards too, couldn't I? Yeah. I mean, I should remember what she looks like. Okay. Um, bon Bon, what kind of information are you trying to find? I was actually just going to straight up ask people about the jesters and whether or not they had seen or overheard anything about the attack on the sloppy bowl. Um, I just imagine you walking around <laughs> saying, have you heard any bells jingle recently? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, that's pretty much where Bon Bon's at right now. She's just trying to gather information in what she feels is the most like like efficient way possible, which is not to beat around the bush. She's just going to ask anyone and everyone she can about whether or not they've overheard anything, if they saw anything, just like an East Block-wide investigation. Okay, so Bon Bon, you make a, basically a rapid deployment through these bars, just asking questions, and most people seem confused. Um, it's only when you start mentioning the sloppy bowl and its attack that people start to get interested in what you have to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people seem to have no clue what's going on. They're all very surprised. Most of them are very upset about the attack on the sloppy bowl. Um, so you, as you move from bar to bar, you eventually just start leading with that. You know, the sloppy bowl was attacked. I'm trying to find information, that kind of stuff. And eventually, you do run into some people. It's a group of merchants. Uh, who mentioned to you that we've been going outside the wall because of the grand market and selling. You know, we got our passes. And uh, Rory over here, he swore he saw jesters wandering around, you know? I mean, he's like, there was a lot of them. I mean, we used to live when they were still around. We were in the neighborhood. But then, yeah, I mean, we gone back and we've we seen, we seen a few of them. So, I mean, they're out there and they were wandering the market and such. And what neighborhood was this? Oh, this is up, up by the market, the Grand Market. Oh, okay. Um, but we've seen them up there. Did were, were Among them, did you notice a half-elf woman? Surly? Uh, possibly with a murderous look in her eye? Well, I do remember a, a half-elf. Uh, I remember they seemed to be uh, really interested in what she had to say. 
You know, like maybe she was the boss or something. Did you but, ever overhear anything that they said to one another? Oh, uh, no. The market's a big, noisy place. We just kind of saw them around. Yeah. Okay. So that's what you discovered. Thank you, sir. I bow, salute, and walk No on. problem. Uh, give best to bring you in the kids and all that. Yeah. Yes. I will do that. <laughs> Beckus. Mm-hmm. You are scaring through a different area of the spot, more towards the northern side, going through some bars, talking to some people, and eventually you do run into... You run into someone who seems to recognize the description of the, the half-elf that you're giving out. Says, yeah, I mean, it wasn't in here. I was, uh, I was outside the wall, and I was coming back from the market, and it's just stopped buying in. I was going to have a tavern at one of them fancy places. You know, I made a few silver coins and wanted to get fancy beer. It ain't that fancy, really. kind of tastes the same as we got here, but uh, now I, I saw this woman in there, and she's talking to some seedy types. You know, I mean, they're dressed a little nicer, I guess, but, you know, they're always wearing the cloaks over their heads and, like, looking like they're about ready to pick your pockets or something. And, and uh, yeah, I recognized her because she used to live here, right? She was one of these jesters. Mm-hmm. And what was but, the name of that bar? Oh, God, I don't remember. It was, uh, it was like, uh, like the handle something, handle, panhandle. Not that one, it. <laughs> Pot handle. I don't know. I mean, I was already half drunk when I wandered in. That's why I went in there and spent eight silver on one stupid pint. I mean, I never would have done that before. <laughs> you okay, Molly? Yeah, you just, I love it when you get really in your characters. You're channeling my Monty Python Yeah, characters. no, it's great. But yeah, she's, uh, I don't know. She, she looks like she was on the warpath for something. Anything else interesting you might have overheard them say? I don't know. I mean, she was just, she looked really upset and she kept, like, flipping her dagger around and just being like, she looked like she belonged here in East Lock and less than this kind of place. You know, the patrons are getting a little nervous that so she had her weapons out. And, I don't know. She just looked really violent and very, really pretty angry about something. Well, I suppose if that's everything you got, I, I thank you for your information. Hey, of course. All right, and uh, Carl, you arrive at the Temple of Yana shortly after the bodies of the children and Videro have arrived, and you walk in to find Lucretia has laid the bodies out on slabs and is slowly going through the process, um, as is common with bodies that have been disfigured, uh, wrapping them in white linen and perfuming them and preparing them as per orders from uh, Dwerven to be placed into a gentle repose of sorts. She notices you come in and turns. Um, uh, Lucretia, um, I, 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 I had a moral question for you. Yes, of course, Carl. Whatever I can help with. Um, the, the larger of those two bodies. Um, uh, that that was my apprentice, Aniwe. Um, I am. Uh, extremely fond of the child, and the jesters um, that killed her killed her because of me. Um, and I now I re- I recognize that Yana is not the most uh, favorable on uh, bringing people back from the dead. Um, but I was 
hoping to hear from you that there there may be something um, I could barter with um, the the god or perhaps some um, service I could perform um, that uh, Yana might restore my uh, apprentice and um, even even her family, but. Um, Primarily for me, it is it is my my apprentice who is most important. Yana may guide those from life to death, though guiding them back from death to life is not something she does regular. Each person must have their time. It is a rare occurrence. If you wished to barter with her for the life of this one, the soul of this one. You would need to make a very significant offer. I could not tell you what that is. You would need to think of something and offer it. And then you would not know until the ritual had been cast whether she had been returned or not. Very well. Um, this, this leads me to my other question. Uh, my intend to go out and hunt down those responsible um all of them we are very long-lived as a people and very determined um and if it's if it takes me a hundred years i will track them all down and i will um remove them um why why is this why is this acceptable um to yana but um restoring my one apprentice to me is so large an ask. Um, surely if I delivered um, a hundred, a thousand of these jesters to her, is that is that not what all gods inevitably want, is the deliverance of souls? Um, would that not be doing her a, a great service, and indeed us all, um, for, for those that would... Murder innocent children are are certainly worth removing from existence. Um. Yana is not a collector of souls. If you wish to barter with death, you would need to barter with the dark god. Yana believes that the veil is to be preserved. If a soul goes through, this is the natural order of things. If that soul were to be lost in her service, she might offer it a second chance. Or if that soul had some great task to perform, she may ask it, offer it a second chance. But as I said, bartering with the goddess of death is... It's very tenuous. Her motivations are toward the balance of life and death. Simply slaughtering souls slaughtering people so that their souls pass beyond the veil. That is not what she wishes. Uh, the slaughter is not simply to free the souls beyond the veil. It is in... It's mostly revenge. Well, then it's your business and has nothing to do with Yana. So you... You you mentioned a, a, a bargain of some sort. Um, uh, if I if I was willing to strike such a bargain, is is there one that would perform the ritual? 
Is there one here? Is there, could you perform the ritual? I am strong enough to perform the ritual. The, the process is very... Making a petition is very complicated. And there needs to be two others there to assist and help to make the petition. It's It's complicated. If you feel that this is what you want to do, we can attempt it, and I can explain more then. Um, I I assume the bodies of my uh, apprentice and her, her brother they will they will not, not decay as they've been preserved. No, I've been asked to preserve them, uh, Dwarven at the request, uh, Dwarven's request, and preserving them for now. I was I was going to say they look so gently reposed. <laughs> um, <laughs> what a coincidence. <laughs> um. The um, ritual, it's, it doesn't become riskier the more time passes between the death and the ritual. No. Um, very, very well, um, Lucretia. I uh, appreciate your, your help in this. And if um, I can convince my companions and the poor girl's mother, um, I will uh, most certainly be attempting to uh, resurrect them. Um, but I have a long road ahead of me as we are all in disagreement. Very well. well may you reach an equilibrium, whether it goes one way or the other. Uh, and I'd like to, I'd like to wander into this, the same shrine. Okay. Uh, and I'd like to pray. Okay. To Yana. Um, uh, l- l- listen, um, I'm not... <laughs> listen here, goddess. Listen, uh, I'm uh, by a different name, but you're the same bitch. <laughs> well, we, got, we got a lot of history. We've gone back a lot of, a long time. I've done you a lot of services, and going forward, I imagine there will be a, a great deal, many more things that I will do of assistance to you. Um, taken from me was my uh, apprentice, um, uh, an innocent um, who was m- merely a, a casualty of me uh, working towards correcting the uh, pinpricks in the veil. Um, if if you would uh, see it to send me a sign as to what I could possibly offer you, a god, uh, to safely deliver my apprentice and I, I suppose her brother and father back um i would be uh in great debt to you um i don't know whether you speak directly to uh one such as myself but um if you would send me a sign that would be fantastic (laughs) that'd be great yeah i really like that you could get that to me by monday that'd be great those tps reports uh (laughs) All right, you say your prayer. And then, and, and then I'll say, like, uh, uh, thank you, and I'll, like, walk out or whatever. Okay. <laughs> so, is there anything that anybody wants to do in the immediate before we wrap this up? I mean, I do know our revengeful God, but I don't know by what name it goes by now, so we can discuss that later, and perhaps I can pray to them. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was I was debating uh, asking Lucretia which of these uh, evil gods would make that sort of deal. <laughs> There's always 
Well, I know she's not necessarily evil, so there's that. Well, I was, I was just, I was just trying to figure out a subtle way to ask without it being obvious. (laughs) There are several gods and goddesses of bloodshed and chaos and death. So you know who would probably tell you would be the librarian. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, couldn't I just make a roll to learn it? Um, (laughs) sure, we can do that. I can make. No, I I don't. I don't. It's already. That moment, that moment's passed. I'm, I'm okay. okay with. I'm okay with the path we're on. All right, so we're gonna wrap it up right there. We'll come back and uh, see if we can get a place that's not as bloody noisy because everything's exploding in here right now. And there's a chair. <laughs> <laughs> they broke I, the rule. They farted with the chair. <laughs> yes. Uh, apologies for this extremely noisy episode. We are recording on New Year's Eve in a semi-public location. Uh, because this is the only place we have to record. But we still do it, because we like to do it. All right. And, uh, yeah, we will see y'all another week, probably. Maybe. I have been Jason. I have been the Game Master. I'm Ali. I've been playing Carl. I am Molly, and I've been playing a very irritated Bonbon. And I've been Jordy, playing back as Brandywine. Gary Gordich. <laughs> the silent and solemn and calculating right now <laughs> human bard. All right. You were really quiet tonight. Uh, thank very you very much. Yeah. We all handled death and, differently. Uh, <laughs> Happy New Year, y'all. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Are we going to see Tiffany today? <laughs> oh my god, why? <laughs> why would they like kill these children? Oh my god. Like, <laughs> hey, would you would you want some extra stuff that you're not going to have to pay for? Uh always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. This extra bag of dog shit. <laughs> Is it free? <laughs> I don't know, you never know. Call your mother. <laughs> I can't call her. She thinks I'm sleeping at your house. <laughs> Stop shoving Tang into your butt. <laughs> it's not it's not good. <laughs> Alright. Mike's in the position, please. Testing one, two, three. No farting with the chairs. <clears throat> Stop oh, it. I just pick a place to put the chair and then leave it there. Oh, can we back pressure still. Can we put wheels on it so you just keep flying around the room. Can we fart without the chairs? Sure, why not? Yay. I can always edit that out, except when I can't. <laughs> <laughs>